About six months ago, I uploaded a video where I explained how Joe Rogan has been sending me hidden messages. I won't waste time going over all of this again, but basically he's been coming after me for a while now due to my podcast, Investigate Joe Rogan, where I investigate things that he and the guests on his show say. He's been trying to shut down my whole operation. A lot of people seemed to think that this was a joke or satire of some kind, but it wasn't. What follows is 100% serious and not a joke at all. I cannot stress that enough. Is this the voice of someone who's joking? No, it is not. Since releasing that episode, I have attempted to settle things with Rogan in a diplomatic and peaceful way. I have reached out to JRE, Spotify, his manager, and so on, in an attempt to get in contact with him. They've never gotten back to me. Clearly, they've made their choice. But as evidenced by the fact that I've made 63 episodes despite enjoying very low ratings, I'm not the sort of person who gives up easily. So I decided that I would just have to go see Joe Rogan in person to work this out. Joe Rogan is a conversationalist, if nothing else, so I thought that if I could just speak to him in person, I could perhaps convince him to leave me alone and stop messing with me. So how could I get in touch with him? Obviously, he's not going to have his biggest, most systematic critic on the Joe Rogan experience. At least, not if I were me. But maybe he would if I was someone else, I thought to myself. In order to get in contact with Rogan, I created the ultimate JRE guest, who I knew they wouldn't be able to turn down for the show. I made up a fictional person named Jack Gunther. He was a former Marine who became a stand-up comic bow hunter, jiu-jitsu instructor, grass-fed beef farmer, and podcaster after leaving the service. He had a new book out on Amazon called How to Be Your Own Dad. I knew I wouldn't actually have to write the book, since Rogan never reads the guests' books anyway. I was sure I'd be able to get on the show with this fake identity, but they never got back to me. Perhaps he was too good of a guest, and Rogan saw him as a threat. I realized that the only option left to me was to go and find Rogan in person. I would have to go to Austin, Texas. Everyone I know was understandably a little skeptical of my decision to go on this quest. Everyone except my Discord friends, that is. I tried to explain to people that this wasn't going to be like the time I went to Seoul to try and meet Mina from Twice. But most people I spoke to failed to understand what I was trying to do. I should probably add a quick side note here. Trying to find someone, or even following them, is not illegal. Stalking is illegal, and is a specifically defined crime that has to involve something that could be reasonably seen as threatening. You'd be surprised at how few people understand this distinction. But anyway, I drove to Austin. Rogan is known for regularly and unexpectedly visiting different comedy clubs in Austin to try out new material. This is a common thing for professional, famous stand-up comedians to do. All I would have to do then was hang around different clubs until eventually I got lucky and Rogan showed up. If only I knew at the time just how difficult this would turn out to be. What I didn't know before arriving in Austin was that Rogan's migration had triggered a massive shift in the Austin economy. Comedy clubs are as common there as Starbucks are in a normal city. 
Over the course of a few weeks, I visited hundreds of comedy clubs and somehow managed to not see Rogan once. Whenever I would ask someone involved in the comedy scene about Rogan, they would just end up asking me if I knew how to get in contact with him. People would also just ask me if I worked for Netflix and start telling me jokes. It was a difficult few weeks to say the least. I stayed in a hotel and slept during the day, and then at night I would go out in search of Rogan. Every night I heard the same dozen or so jokes about cancel culture and COVID. I started to wish that I would get COVID and be canceled out of existence, just so I wouldn't have to hear these hacks anymore. I was about to give up and go home when I realized I was going about this all wrong. Why was I trying to get lucky and find Rogan at a comedy club when I could just go right to his house? A quick Google search revealed that Joe Rogan's home address is 2918 Ostrick Lane, Austin, Texas 78733. This is real by the way, you can look that up. Finding the address was easy, but getting there proved to be slightly more difficult. Like other celebrities, such as Mina from Twice, Rogan's house is behind a gate. Now, gates in gated communities aren't like the gates in prisons or towed car lots. This is because the wealthy residents have certain aesthetic needs, which usually involve not wanting to live behind barbed wire or anything too pointy. This is their great hubris, as it means that getting over is pretty easy for me, especially considering that I'm an excellent climber for a lot of reasons I can't really get into because of time. I was able to get all the way to Rogan's driveway before setting off unseen proximity alarms and triggering automatic calls to the Austin police. I just barely escaped in my Geo Metro. This was a seriously close call as I had a gun on me at the time, which likely would have given the police the wrong idea. Concealed carry is legal in Texas, and I only had it on me for my own protection. However, trespassing with a weapon is a whole new legal ballpark than trespassing without one. I also had a lot of Sandra Bullock DVDs and magazine covers in my car. She lives in the same neighborhood as Rogan, and my plan was to claim to be trying to get her autograph so as to avoid a detection by Rogan even if I got caught. This was an easy backup plan, since I already owned every movie she's been in on DVD and every magazine she's been on the cover of, for reasons unrelated to Joe Rogan. Speed 2 Cruise Control is my favorite Sandra Bullock movie, in case you're wondering. After my near run-in with the police, my only choice was to return to the Austin comedy scene and hope for a chance encounter once again. I had been in Austin for a little over a month now, and it was starting to wear me down. Most of my Rogan searching was done at night, which can be a dangerous time on the streets of Austin. Not in a cool western sort of way where people are getting into shootouts and falling out of the windows of saloons. It's in a much weirder way. The homeless people all know jujitsu and can frequently be seen rolling around in the streets. It can be easy to get sucked into their battles. There's also the Teslas being driven on autopilot while their drivers are either too busy podcasting or doing psychedelics to pay attention to the road. On top of that, every random person on the sidewalk will try to drag you into a conversation about their ideology, as depicted in the movie Slacker. I was still staying at a hotel, which was getting expensive fast. I hadn't expected to be down there that long. I had also assumed that Austin was a small, rural town where nothing would cost more than $5, 
and I could just stay in some farmer's hayloft. Obviously this is not the case, and Austin is in fact the 11th largest city in America. In order to continue funding my search, I was forced to get a job as a podcast producer for a few Austin comics. I had to spend hours every day googling things for them and pulling up headlines while they talked. This quickly became too torturous of a job to continue, and so I had to quit and finance my quest by other means. I created my own cryptocurrency called Austin Coin, which the hotel accepted because I told them it was still early. I also told them I would violently resist if they tried to remove me, which could have played a role in their decision too. I was seriously considering going home and giving up, when by chance I happened to meet someone who I knew could help me. I was spending some of my last dollars at a corporate steakhouse when I ran into Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon is a frequent JRE guest and personal friend of Joe Rogan, so I was sure that he could help me get in contact with him. I went over to his table where he was eating with his producer Ben Avery. I introduced myself and explained the situation. I also asked him why he appeared to have three plates and if I could maybe have some of his food as I was nearly out of money. He didn't seem to like that, but I thought that besides the plate thing we had gotten off on the right foot. That's what I thought anyway. We exchanged phone numbers and I left the restaurant feeling optimistic at my chances of meeting Rogan and resolving this whole thing peacefully. However, when I walked out to my car, Tim and Ben were already there. Ben pulled the gun on me and they tied me up and took me to Tim's Range Rover. On the long drive back to Tim's mansion, he told me that the reason he talks about Jeffrey Epstein and pedophiles so much on his podcast is because he is himself involved in the human trafficking business. His podcast is nothing more than a money laundering scheme for all the money he makes selling people to the elites all over the world. I asked if he was taking me to his private island, but he just laughed and said he didn't have one yet because the island real estate market is a real knife fight. He also told me that I shouldn't really feel too bad about getting trafficked because society was about to collapse anyway. When we got to his mansion, they threw me in a dungeon downstairs. There were no windows and they took my phone, so I don't know how long I was down there before Ben came back. He said he felt kind of bad for me because of the whole trafficking thing, and so he gave me some of the products that they advertise on The Tim Dillon Show, such as Magic Spoon Cereal, Blue Chew, and a Ridge Wallet. I ate the cereal to regain some of my strength, but the Ridge Wallet would be my key to escape. I used the Ridge Wallet to cut through the ropes they'd tied me up with and pick the dungeon lock. I ran all the way back to Austin, got in my Geo Metro, and headed home. The price of Austin coin had collapsed by this point, so there was no way they would have let me stay in the hotel any longer anyway. Not that I even wanted to. I doubt I'll ever return to Austin after this experience. Unfortunately, this means that the issues between Joe Rogan and myself have yet to be resolved. I'll continue to make episodes of Investigate Joe Rogan, and just hope that I'm not interfered with too much. Thank you for listening, and if you want to contribute to my defense funds, you can subscribe to the Patreon.